Welcome to Motorsport Coaching, the podcast for racers with racers. Miss Motivate can help get you to the next level. Every episode, she talks to the best racers of today and those that can get you there. She'll help you get better. Racing new. At fitness, nutrition, sports psychology, sponsorship, social media, public relations, and media training. Connect with Miss Motivate at motivatetraining.com.au. That's M O T I V, the number eight, training.com.au. And now, to help get you to the next level, Miss Motivate herself, Belinda Risley. And welcome to the next episode of Motorsport Coaching. Today, I'm joined by Annabelle Ransford. She's a registered osteopath with a passion for motorsport, which has seen her support teams in V8 Supercar and the Bathurst 12 Hours as a team therapist. Osteopaths are health practitioners and manual therapists, but you can think of Annabelle as a body mechanic. She has a wealth of knowledge about how you can prepare your body for competition, prevent injuries, and help your muscles, joints, and nervous system to function optimally. Annabelle, welcome. Hi, (laughs) happy to be here. I'm very excited to hear all about you, Annabelle. Tell us something special. Great. So I'm an osteopath. I work in a couple of clinics in the Albury-Wodonga area. Um, That's on the border of Victoria and New South Wales. Um, And I also attend, yeah, motorsport events as a therapist, helping teams. Awesome. So tell us a little bit more about what does an osteopath actually do? So an osteopath is a manual therapist which means we assess and treat the body. Um, This is similar to a physiotherapist. Um, We look at the body as an integrated and interconnected whole, which means that we understand the forces that go through the body during sport and how to optimize the function of the musculoskeletal system. Um, It's a five-year degree, and I've also done further study in pain management. There's no extra study that you need to do in order to become a motorsport osteopath. Um, But what I do is I use the principles that I've learned of anatomy, physiology, biomechanics, and apply that to the driver's body um, uh, in their their vehicle, basically. Um, And my own experience in motorsport helps me translate those skills across to the motorsport area. And it gives me an, an advantage in understanding what's happening to the body. Yes, so you do compete. Um, tell us a little bit around the categories that you race and how long you've been, been competing and where did your passion for motorsport begin? Yeah, um, I would say that my passion for motorsport began um, watching my father compete when I was very young, um, but I only started competing when I was 28, so I was a little bit late, I would say. Um, I would have loved to have had the opportunity to compete when I was younger. Um, so I think your stable of drivers, your, your young drivers, have an incredible opportunity ahead of them. I'm very jealous. Um, so the, the sorts of um, categories that I've competed in previously, um, mostly club level events. So um, I compete with the Albury Wodonga Districts Car Club in sprints and also for the MX5 Car Club um, of Victoria as well. And from having that involvement in the club, is that where you found or drove more of your interest towards um, wanting to help motorsport teams and motorsport competitors? Yeah, I I sort of realised during my studies that I wanted to combine my passion for motorsport with um, osteopathy and and treating people. Um, Since moving to this area, becoming involved in the club, I've 
run more events, driver development days, that sort of thing. Um, last year, we actually held the largest ever all-female track day in Australia, and that was run by myself and our club. Um, so that was a very proud moment. And so from your experience, I'm now working um, in the pay management side of things. What are some um, key factors you've identified with car setup um, for pain management and injury? Mm. So I think the seat setup, your car seat setup is extremely important. It's the interface between you and the machine. Um, so all of the information that you get from the car is being transmitted through those connections like the seat, your hands on the steering wheel, your feet on the pedals. And so getting that set up for you gives you the best opportunity to take in all of that information and use it to your best advantage. Um, sort of that that connection where your bum sits in the car is where you get all that proprioceptive feedback about the traction, the relationship between your car and the, and the track surface, acceleration, the G-forces. And so getting that set up right really will give you an advantage, um, both in a performance way, but also in um, decreasing the amount of strain that goes through your body over that 15, 30, 60-minute stint in a car. And do you have any advice for competitors, say, that are quite tall and are having to fit into to the smaller cars, it's like, say, in the, the Aussie race cars where it's quite it's compact and they don't really have that build, um, the ability to change their, their seating? Yeah, absolutely. So there's some key pointers that people should follow when they're setting up their car. Obviously, you want there to still be a small amount of bend in the knees, um, when you fully depress the clutch, you don't want the, the leg to be completely straight anyway, but you do want there to be enough space for the ankles to move freely so that you can finesse on the accelerator and the brake. Um, same thing with the, the elbows, that you want a slight bend in the elbows when you're holding the steering wheel. And at that full steering lock, you don't want your elbows, your wrists to be interfering with your legs. You wanna be able to get that full steering um, angle. For the larger drivers, this can be really tricky. Um, and I would say sometimes you just have to make compromises. But if you can um, prepare your body as, as well as possible before the race with stretching, with warm-ups, then you're going to do the best out of sometimes a difficult situation. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and have you found any common injuries in motorsport competitors? Uh, yeah, there does seem to be some patterns. Um, low back necks, hips are some common ones. Um, obviously, there's a lot of force that goes through the spine. There's lots of bumps and jolts. Um, the Hans device greatly reduces serious neck injuries, but you still get thrown around a lot. And in the faster cars, there's a lot of G-forces that go through the neck. Um, so I see a lot of muscle strains, tightness, soreness, that sort of thing. Um, the glute pain, the sort of buttock area pain is an interesting one. Um, I find that, that the stabilizer muscles of the pelvis have to work really hard to hold you stable in that seat whilst you use your legs for um, pedal control. And a lot of people see, seem to skip that area with their training. Um, it's a very important area to provide stability and control. And the people that are lacking that tend to get quite sore in those areas during a race. Mm -hmm. And what kind of exercises can they be doing? Um, there's some really good strengthening exercises. Um, squats and lunges seem to be the, the obvious ones for the glutes, but really working on something that challenges your balance at the same time is important. There's 
different types of glute muscles, you've got three glute muscles and we want to work those deeper stabilizer ones. So often working on an uneven surface or challenging yourself in different directions is important for that as well. And do you find with the junior drivers, they have any different injuries? Um, obviously, the helmet being quite heavy and not quite having such the neck um, development. Yeah, absolutely. So um, drivers will be going through different stages of, of growth um, throughout their junior careers. Some of them may have some muscle strains as a result of that increased strain that's going through the body where they haven't quite developed or prepared enough um, to deal with those forces. And sometimes there can be an imbalance between how quickly the bones are growing and how quickly the muscles are growing. And so sometimes you get a lot of um, pain or restriction when that imbalance occurs. When we're first starting off on a fitness program um, with our clients at Motivate, one of the first things we do is a functional assessment uh, and postural assessment. Um, how important um, is that for competitors? I think it is quite important for people to have an assessment um, as they're starting to take their career more seriously. Um, there's things that you can't pick up on yourself. You might feel some areas of tightness or pain, but you don't know why you're getting that. And sometimes the answer lies further away from where that problem is. So having someone that um, understands those connections through the body can help you to find where that problem is and give you advice on how to fix that in the future. And can anybody access it an um, osteopath and how can people find specific <clears throat> osteopaths? And should yeah. they be looking, like any practitioner, should they be looking for some key elements um, or key qualifications within that osteopath? Yeah, absolutely. So anyone can go and see an osteopath. Um, we're open to the public. You don't need a, a referral from your doctor or anything like that. Um, you might like to find an osteopath that has a particular interest in sport. Some of us do have an interest in motorsport, but there's quite a few that have an interest in sport and performance in general. So you might like to look at their biography on their website or something like that to see if they have a particular uh, interest. And there's osteopaths in all major towns and cities and if you can't find one other therapists like a physiotherapist or a chiropractor can also help you as well <coughs> excuse me so let's talk about some fun things um, mm -hmm. about working with the v8 teams um, yeah. and yeah your time uh, working within the actual motorsport hands-on yeah. massage therapist mm. tell us a little bit about what do you actually do for the teams during that sure. Yeah. So for a professional team, you're not just looking after the drivers. Um, it's a whole team sport, basically. So those mechanics um, and the other support staff are under a lot of pressure as well. They also have quite a physical job. So I'm not just looking after the drivers, although they get priority. I might be looking after some uh, injuries in the mechanics or um, doing some sports taping, getting people prepared for the event. Um, for the drivers themselves, it's usually perhaps a, a pre-event massage or a recovery massage afterwards. There might be some uh, treatment. Sometimes I use dry needling, acupuncture sort of therapy as well. Um, there's sort of a, a support component to what I do as well. So I'll be available throughout the whole weekend um, preparing electrolyte drinks or making sure that the first aid kit is stocked or going out and picking up lunch for people. All of those things that just mean there's one less thing that people have to worry about. So there's a, you're kind of on hand to help however you need to. And how important is massage therapy in performance? It can be a really important um, 
factor in your preparation so making sure that the the muscles are limber um, that they're ready to perform but also in that recovery it helps you particularly on a weekend where you might have several practice sessions qualifying a couple of races over a weekend you need to be able to bounce back and be ready to go again sometimes within a number of hours and so massage can help you sort of go back and um, be ready for the next event that you have yeah because we always seem to get a little bit of a pushback regarding our massage therapy saying, mm. oh, we, we don't want to do it before we compete. And, you know, we're there trying to educate them about the benefits of doing it before as well as after. There's, there's different um, types of massage and there's certain types that you would do before a race, um, sort of a preparation massage, which is probably less of a, a deep tissue intense sort of massage, but something that just helps to deliver blood to the muscles so that they can perform well. And um, can you recommend any like self-massaging techniques that drivers can do if they don't have a tent or a massage therapist on hand? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really important thing is, is learning the skills to look after yourself when you don't have someone around to help you. And not all teams have the budget to have a practitioner there for their own sole use. And so developing your own skills in self-massage um, and self-management is really important. There's some tools that can help you do that as well. So I like foam rollers and spiky balls and massage balls and things like that. Um, if you find someone that can help you to learn how to use these for particular areas that might be your um, you know, weak spots or something like that, you can use the foam roller to relax and massage out muscles. And the spiky ball can be really good for getting into some deeper tissue massage that you might need. Um, and you can even learn to tape up your own joints and, and injuries and things like that to manage um, some pain as well on your own. And I'm gonna put you on the spot here. Um, yeah. Is there any sites that you recommend that they can do this self-learning for say the taping, for example? Yeah, I think you can find some reputable places um, and there's lots of videos on YouTube. So if you find a, a YouTube channel that's run by, say, a physiotherapist or an osteopath, their advice will generally be quite good. Um, and I would stay away from anyone that's particularly trying to sell you something. But if someone's just trying to give you information to help you, then um, that's a pretty reputable source. Well, sounds like you've got a fantastic job. <laughs> what's, one of, yeah, what's one of your favourite parts of your job? Um, I enjoy problem solving. So I get a lot out of um, helping someone to overcome a physical challenge. And within a racing team, when there's success, you share in, in that team's success and you feel a part of um, making that happen. And that's very rewarding. Yeah, certainly love that aspect. Well, what do you find is most challenging um, it can be difficult to convince teams of the value in what you're doing. I find that a lot of people are very happy to spend a lot of money on their car performance, but not so happy to invest in um, driver health and development. It seems that there's sometimes a bit of a lack of an understanding of what those benefits can be. So I think there's a real, there's a real need and a real potential for that, but um, I'm hoping to see that change, particularly in the, in the mid to lower um, categories and competitions. In the professional elite sports, it's not even a question of, of whether you should have a, a therapist. It's, um, it's absolutely a, a competitive advantage, but it seems to take a little bit more convincing for the lower categories. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> um, and so what's next for Annabelle? 
what are you looking to do um, with your qualifications for the studying and so forth? Yeah, um, I hope to keep working in motorsport. I've got a, a dream, a vision to work in Formula One, um, but it'll take a while to, to work through and get the experience to get there. Um, I'm quite interested in research and I'm sort of heading down that pathway at the moment. I'm hoping to do this year some, some research into how um, the forces and experience of driving a race car differs for a female body versus a male body. And I find it interesting that a lot of the... Um, the equipment, um, the, the setup, the gear, it's all been designed around male bodies. And there's probably a difference in the way that these forces affect women's bodies. And so it would be really important to find out what these differences are and whether we need to make some adjustments um, to the equipment that we have. Well, it's so exciting. I can't wait to hear more about that research. Um, and certainly if you need any um, research participants, let us know. And I'm sure Absolutely. there'll be lots of females that'll be willing to participate. So thank you very much for your time today, Annabelle. How can people connect with you? Um, I'll leave my email address for people to get in contact with me. If we have some drivers that are in the local Albury-Wodonga area, I work in a couple of different clinics here. Um, and I'm always happy to, to have a chat to you and, and see how I can help. Fantastic. And our last question for all our participants is, what is your favourite racetrack? This is a tricky one. Um, it would be a close call between Phillip Island and Bathurst. I've um, driven at both of those tracks, but only Bathurst gives you that gut-wrenching, awful, nauseous response to tackling something that is far bigger than, than what you are. So I think for that particular challenge, um, it's got to be Bathurst. It's the sort of it's the track that can break you psychologically before you're even on the track. So that's, that's a huge challenge for most competitors. I love it. I love it a lot. Well, thank you very much, Annabelle, for joining us today. And Great. we'll post all um, Annabelle's contact details on the website. Thank you. Well, thanks everyone for listening to this week's show. I really hope you enjoyed that one as much as I did. Now, remember all the show notes with the links and the specials mentioned in today's show are available over at motivatetraining.com.au. If you haven't already, I'd really appreciate if you could head to iTunes or Stitcher, type in Motorsport Coaching, subscribe and leave us a review. Each week, I'll read them out and you'll go into monthly draw to win a fantastic prize. If you have any questions or com comments, please email us at win at motivatetraining.com.au or head over to our Facebook page at Motivate2T. Until next time, take care. Get ready for the race. Do you feel one step closer to being the next superstar behind the wheel? Motivatetraining.com.au for more. M-O-T-I-V, the number eight, training.com.au. The green flag. Every episode gets you one step closer to the checkered flag. The Motorsport Coaching Podcast, getting you to the checkered flag faster.